Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, IR radio so however you want to watch or listen we've got you covered multiple ways Alrighty, folks today's a big old tuesday and it is now officially official we were hoping it would never become officially official maybe next season at the end of next season it could become officially official but the goat has spoken folks he is retiring unfortunate man oh man the goat is exiting the nfl folks tom brady officially announcing his retirement adam schefter you know obviously that whole thing tom brady like no no no, i'm truly taking it i'm taking it slow i don't know what i'm doing yet and then what three days later yeah okay i'm retired okay so tom brady retires folks and we were waiting for it to come out of the official goat's mouth. Uh, you know, his words himself, making sure it is officially official before we give him the tribute show. So that's what we've got on tap for today, folks. Tom Brady tribute. We'll be having the goat discussion and why he is the goat. Uh, and then there's two videos, two clips I want to watch. Tom Brady being clutch. What is Tom Brady's like biggest signature throw? Because when we think of like other quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, he's got big time signature throws that he made himself. But does Tom Brady have like that signature big time throw or just like a good play overall that was like wide open, that he just delivered the ball, something like that. So we've got some 10 minute highlight clip of Tom Brady being clutch in clutch scenarios. And we'll see, does Tom Brady deserve credit for an all time great throw that was like almost impossible to make like an Eli Manning Super Bowl throw that kind of got him twice in Aaron Rodgers big time fourth quarter comeback throw that we you know we've seen time again you know the Hail Marys all that does Tom Brady have a throw that's what we're going to try and figure out while we watch that highlight clip. And then we've got a nice little clip there. Uh, another video on YouTube I want to watch and break down. It's Tom Brady's best play versus every single team. We, uh, we that, that That's something that we can all agree on when we watch football, folks. Tom Brady's burned our team over and over and over and over again. If you weren't part of the AFC East, you know, you still got burned. And if you were in the AFC East with Tom Brady's entire career, you got burned multiple times. So, Let's all join together and watch Tom Brady's best throws destroying our teams. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that's how we have to remember Tom Brady dishing it out to everybody, holding no bars against any team, letting it loose every single game. So we'll watch those two. Appreciate the greatness of Tom Brady and all that because he truly does deserve it. So that's what we've got today on the show. But uh, let's start here with the NBA. Let's get that out of the way. 
Uh, so let's start breaking down the NBA from last night. Couple of games on. I, I don't want to overreact. Let's not try to overreact of what we saw in the NBA yesterday. Uh, some teams that we've been high, high, high on let us down. But that's just kind of the natural flow of the NBA. There's tons of games, 82 games. No team ever goes undefeated or even close to undefeated. We understand that. But what we can take away from yesterday is that the Suns are definitely the number one team in the NBA. Absolutely. They are able to. This Suns team, like we said, 10-game winning streak. Absolutely fantastic. So, you know, these other teams that are kind of still, you know, taking a little bit of a hiccup here or there, they're still great teams. And I don't want to overreact to them losing a game or maybe two games in a row. But it truly speaks to the Suns being dominant, being consistent. The Suns are truly the number one team in the NBA so that's the probably the biggest takeaway from last night let's not try to overreact and uh, we'll talk about those games when we get to them but let's start here with the first one up Pelicans at the Cavs and the Cavs get the win escape narrowly they win 93 to 90 over the Pelicans now they didn't have Darius Garland last night and they still got it done because CD Osmond very well done seven points on 18% shooting that's the not good for CD Osmond oh seven from three eight 18% shooting on 16 shots. Definitely needs to be a lot better than that, but he was the facilitator last night. 12 assists. Yes, sir. Well done. Way to step up. Obviously not that offensive powerhouse that we get from Darius Garland, but well done to just be that floor general. We give him credit for that. Then we get Isaac Okuru, 14 points. Jared Allen, 16 points, 8 rebounds. And even Evan Mobley letting us down last night. 4 points on 7 shots. So everything that could go wrong truly went wrong for the Cavs last night. But they were still able to squeak out a win. A big green flag for them. Oh, another great great green flag for this Cavs team we've been big on this team they haven't really started to dip any like we're gonna kind of talk about on some other teams quickly uh so very big time shout out to this Cavs team and then off the bench Kevin Love 15 points 11 rebounds always can count on him Lamar Stevenson 11 points and Brandon Goodwin really the reason why they won last night led the team in scoring 21 points on 72 percent shooting very well done and then for the Pelicans, we get Valanchunas back. Still no Brandon Ingram. Valanchunas, 16 points, 9 rebounds. Jackson Hayes filling in at the 4 for Brandon Ingram. 19 points, 7 rebounds. We love seeing this man in action. And then Devontae Graham with a nice 20 points and 4 assists. Unfortunately, just come up three point or two, yeah, 3 points short last night. And the Cavs get the win, 93-90 at home. Well done to the Cavs. Alrighty, here we go. Next game, Clippers at the Pacers, and this is kind of, let's not overreact to this Clippers team. It is unfortunate that we just started to kind of, you know, get big on this Clippers team, started to call them pups, comparing them to the dogs of the heat, and then we just upgraded them yesterday on the show from the pup stage to the adolescent dog phase, folks, but they let us down a little bit. Now, we'll give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. We're not going to overreact to this Clippers team losing, but we don't want this to kind of make a habit of it. You know, you can't lose to the Pacers. That's always going to be inexcusable. No team should ever be losing to the Pacers, but Clippers, they still kept it relatively close. They lose 122 to 116. 
for the Clippers last night. Reggie Jackson, 21 points, 5 assists. Amir Coffey, who's been so gosh dang good and consistent for this Heat team. A reason why we're so big on this Clippers team because their other role players are truly starting to step it up more consistent. Uh, so Amir Coffey last night, 27 points, led the team in scoring, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Serge Ibaka playing the 5 in the starting lineup, 14 points, 11 rebounds. And then Terrence Mann letting us down a little bit, 6 points on 42% shooting. And Marcus Moore letting us down as well in the starting lineup. Nine points on 28% shooting. Solid bench contribution from Nicholas Batum. 13 points will take it. And Luke Kennard also 13 points, six rebounds. So well done for the Clippers of being competitive. They put up 116 points. Uh, you know, once again, they're just working without a superstar. So we still give them credit. And then for this Pacers team, no Sabonis last night, and they get the win. Once again, they must move off of Sabonis and start the rebuild. It doesn't matter if he's playing at the 5, if you move him to the 1, the 2, the 3, the 4. Uh, it doesn't matter if he's playing, you lose. When you don't play him, you win. It's just how it is, folks. So the Pacers, they've got to do something. I doubt they do, but uh, like we've been saying the last two seasons, I mean, we've been looking at the same Pacers team for about five years now. It's just Nothing good. So, Isaiah Jackson filling in at the 5 for Sabonis. 26 points, 10 rebounds. Very well done. That's definitely Sabonis-esque. Justin Holiday, 13 points. Karis LeVert at the 1, 17 points. 9 assists, 7 rebounds. And then this big old bench contribution from Terry Taylor. 15 points, 8 rebounds. Dwayne Washington Jr., folks. 16 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. And then Lance Stevenson, yes sir. 10 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. And only 12 minutes of play off the bench. So, Pacers finally get right they win a game here 122 116 over the clippers all righty another team let's not overreact to them losing last night grizzlies at the 76ers we thought the grizzlies minus four was a great bet we took it last night we endorsed it last night there was no joel Embiid, and the 76ers still win what the heck is up with that they went in overtime 122 to 119 over the 76ers and big time respect big time shout out to tyrese maxi who truly got it done in overtime really was the reason why they won this game Got it done at the end of regulation, driving to the bucket, making big-time contested layups. Same thing in overtime, and truly wins the game for the 76ers. So we're big on Tyrese Maxey. Once again, you don't need Ben Simmons here. You can trade him. Uh, we've been big advocates of Tyrese Maxey the entire year. And last night, no Joel Embiid. He takes it upon himself to get it done in the clutch. And so big-time respect and big-time shout-out to the man. 33 points, 11 assists or eight assists, excuse me, fantastic. We get Seth Curry letting us down nine points on 26% shooting, one of eight from the three. And then Andre Drummond filling in for Joel Embiid at the five. What a performance, 16 points, 23 rebounds. Definitely Joel Embiid asked last night. And then Tobias Harris, knowing that he has to step it up as well. Points need to come from somewhere. Joel Embiid is their main offensive producer for this team. And Tobias Harris, not just 31 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds as well. So this was huge, great performance by the 76ers without your main guy. And they still all rise to the occasion against a really good Grizzlies team. Top 4 in the uh, Western Conference, number 3 seed in the Western Conference. I mean, big time respect to that. So huge, huge, huge respect needs to go to the 76ers team from last night.
All right, and then for the Grizzlies, a little disappointed in them, a little disappointed that they lost this game with no Joel Embiid, but... Overall, it still was a little competitive. They brought it into overtime. Some nice clutchness by John Morant that we're seeing. So let's not overreact. Teams lose. Teams lose against good teams that probably they shouldn't lose to all that. It's the natural NBA season. But once again, the main takeaway is the Suns are the best team because we're not really getting that by them. They are the outlier. I don't want to knock teams for losing games, you know, but we do have to kind of celebrate the teams that aren't losing, you know, a game here, a game there because it's an 82-game season and you're going to lose games. So, uh, for the Grizzlies last night, John Morant, 37 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. We get Desmond Bain, 34.7 rebounds, and Jaron Jackson Jr., 18 points and 7 rebounds. I was a little disappointed in Steven Adams. We know he's not an offensive big, but with no Joel Embiid, I would, you know, let's go down a little bit, down low a little bit. You know, let's kind of eat up the pain a little bit. I know this Grizzlies team, they love the three. They've got the shooters for the three. I understand all that, but, you know, take advantage of Noah Joel Embiid. I understand Andre Drummond down there and Andre Drummond OG 100 round drum on me Andre Drummond absolutely uh, but Steven Adams still only taking five shots only seven points would have liked to see him kind of you know eat up the paint a little bit more clog it up but they decided to kind of go outside shooting so Steven Adams, 7 points, 12 rebounds, and that was really it for the Grizzlies. So Tyrese Maxey, man, in the clutch. You got to respect it. Well done for the 76ers. Hopefully this kind of puts them right back on track now that they know how to score without Joel Embiid. Hopefully once Joel Embiid returns, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, all the other great scorers here that got it done offensively last night, they can kind of you know get better production while Joel Embiid is on the floor, and they can start blowing out teams again like we saw what they were doing at the prime at the beginning of the season. So 76ers get the win 122 to 119. Alrighty, one more time we have to say this, folks. Let's not overreact, and I don't want to kind of take away the big dog status for the Heat here, but a little underwhelming performance last night. So we're not going to overreact to the Heat losing, but, you know, maybe one or two more games like this, and we're going to have to officially take away the big dog status for the Heat. And that's definitely going to, you know, crush us, but, you know, you, if you're going to, you know, get a nickname, you're going to have to kind of earn it and, you know, prove that you can keep it by doing the things that got you you that nickname in the first place so you're on warning heat okay the nickname can be taken away I'm not threatening to take it away I'm just letting y'all know that it can be taken away so heat lose to the Celtics 122 to 92 and that makes it a little bit worse you know a big blowout loss to the Celtics team uh, uh. all right so for the Celtics last night Marcus Morris looked really fantastic folks this the ball movement of the Celtics it was moving they were looking Gray and Marcus Smart when I was watching this game I was you know how we kind of say we want Dennis Schroeder to be the starting point guard I was kind of you know a little upset that I was saying that because watching Marcus Smart last night, he truly got it done, and it was kind of great to watch. Is this a you know a turn of the corner here for the Celtics team? What do we got? Uh, what's their win streak like? What do we got in their last ten? Six and four in their last ten. They're the, they are currently the number ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. So this potentially is a turning point for the Celtics team. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, so Marcus Smart last night, sixteen point seven 
assists. Fantastic. He shot four of seven from the three. We will absolutely take that. Jalen Brown still getting it done. 29 points. Jason Tatum only 20 points last night. Al Horford down low at the four. 14 points, nine rebounds. Robert Williams only took in five, only taking five shots. 6.7 rebounds. And then the bench, Josh Richardson, 11 points. And Grant Williams, 10 points. We will definitely take that. So Celtics, it seems like, you know, everybody was scoring last night. The ball movement was truly impressive. So we'll see if the Celtics team can keep it up and change our kind of overall view on that team. And then for the Heat, Jimmy Butler, a no-go. He was a game-time decision, no good. Uh, and Kyle Lowry still out. So we get Gabe Vincent at the 1, 10 points, 9 assists. We get Duncan Robinson, 6 points, letting us down. We need Duncan Robinson. Like, this is supposed to be Duncan Robinson's team when there's no Kyle Lowry and there's no Jimmy Butler. It's supposed to be Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson. And Duncan Robinson shot 2 of 8 from the 3. So letting us down there. Bam Adebayo, only 12 points. I mean, once again, this is his team when there's no Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and he only put up 12 points on 45% shooting gotta be better than that but shout out to Max Struess 27 points led the team in scoring Caleb Martin had a nice run um, I, I want to say it was in the big, uh, kind of midway second quarter and second quarter but at the end of the day it didn't matter because the Celtics got right back on track right after halftime and still won by 30 points so Caleb Martin 14 points in the starting lineup and then Tyler Hero, once again, 13 points. This is his game off the bench. Absolutely. If Bam Adebayo can't get it done, if Duncan Robinson can't get it done, it's supposed to be Tyler Hero to take it upon himself to get it done. And he shot 27% on 18 shots, 2 of 8 from 3. So a little bit lackluster here by kind of, you know, the next man up. Talk about this Heat team being deep, 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 deep dish pizza out here. And uh, they let us down last night. But we won't overreact. Everybody gets one. Some teams get two. If you we're getting into this kind of three bad loss territory, that's where we start taking away nicknames. So, Heat, you are on notice. Uh, Celtics get the win, 122-92. to 92. All right, next game up here is the Kings at the Knicks, and the Knicks get the win, 116-96. Knicks are good against bad teams. We knew this. We thought Kings plus six would be good value, but we said this is going to be a game that the Knicks, you know, all play great, and they put up a lot of points, and they blow out the Kings, and that's exactly what happened. Evan Fournier, 18 points. There it is. There it is. Evan Fournier getting it done. Mitchell Robinson, 9 points, 13 rebounds. Kemba Walker still putting up no points and 1 assist in 16 minutes. Why is this man here? Please get rid of him. No disrespect to Kemba Walker. You know, you had a good college career. You were a little entertaining coming into the league, but you just never overcame that hump, hump of being consistent while getting wins. So, it's unfortunate, but wins are a huge part of sports. I don't know if you are aware, Kemba. We get Julius Randle still doing nothing great. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, and then R.J. Barrett, 11 points, 1 of 8 from the 3, 28% uh, shooting from the field. So even when they're, you know, playing bad teams, you know, the big superstar playmakers are not dominating. Why we can't buy into this Knicks team? Yes, they win against bad teams. That's not impressive to us, folks. Doesn't move the needle.
And then we get uh, some solid bench play. Alec Burks, 21 points, led the team in scoring. We get Quentin Grimes, 14 points. We get Obi Toppin, 14 points. And why is Emmanuel quickly playing 15 minutes? Why is Emmanuel playing 15 minutes against a bad team? This are the type of games you are supposed to kind of experiment. You're going to win this game. It's the Kings. You, you should have enough talent to beat this Kings team. No disrespect to the Kings. This is your opportunity to see what what you've got in real game time scenarios. Obi Toppin playing 18 minutes. We like it. He put up 14 points. But Emmanuel quickly, only 15 minutes. Why? You want to keep going with Kemba Walker? No points, one assist? I just don't get it, Knicks. I don't get it. Man, oh, man. And then for the Kings last night. No De'Aaron Fox, so we get Davian Mitchell still in the starting lineup. 18 points, 6 assists, well done. Tyrese Halliburton at the 1, uh, 21 points, 8 assists, well done. Great guard play. Buddy Heald still coming off the bench, shooting 3 of 12 from the 3 for only 11 points last night. So, little lackluster all over the place here, but some solid play by the guards here. Once again, Kings have a lot of options at the trade deadline, and we'll see if they trade any of their pieces. All right, last three games. Here we go. We got the Raptors at the Hawks. Raptors get the win, 106-100. No Trey Young for this Hawks team. So, you know, we don't expect this team to win without Trey Young. So, you know, we're not going to overreact on this Hawks team losing. And this Raptors team is still good, folks. Nick Nurse, I know we haven't shouted him out this season. Uh, we're big fans of Nick Nurse. He's gets, he gets the best out of every single player. Great player, role player, bench player, doesn't matter. He will get them playing at their absolute maximum. And that's why we give so much respect back to Nick Nurse. But let's start here with the Hawks last night. DeLon Wright filling in at the one for Trey Young, 4.7 assists, doing nothing Trey Young esque. Kevin Herter had a solid night, 26 points. He led the team in scoring. Clint Capella, only six points last night. I mean, we need scoring to come from somewhere. John Collins shooting 27%, 6.7 rebounds. Once again, we need scoring to come from somewhere. So no Trey Young. Everybody else flounders here. Shout out to Bogdan Bogdanovich, still coming off the bench here, 18 points. We'll see if he gets back in the starting line up at some point. And then for the Raptors last night, Siakam at the 5. Siakam at the 5. MVP Pascal Siakam, please, can we get that going? Stick him anywhere, and he gives us great production wherever he goes. 25 points, 4 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 6 rebounds at the 5. Love it. Gary Trent Jr., 31 points, led the team in scoring. Fred Van Vliet, 16 points on really not efficient at all. 30% shooting on 20 shots, but he had those 11 assists. Well done. Scotty Barnes, 7 points. And OG Adenubi, 15 big old points. Everybody in the starting lineup got it done. Bench, a little lackluster. No big-time scores there. But they get the win here, 106-100. Then we get the Warriors at the Rockets. We bet this game swallowed some points here, 11 points, and they cover the spread 122 to 108. So Steph Curry and the Warriors still good. They're probably the number two team in the league. I think it goes Suns one, Warriors two, and then for number three, you can kind of take your pick of 76ers, potentially the Heat when they're at full strength, potentially the Grizzlies here, but the Warriors and the Suns are truly, uh, you know, separating themselves from the other great teams in the league and that's because of their consistent consistency here. 
So, for the Warriors, Steph Curry, 40 points, 9 assists. Klay Thompson, 14 points. Andrew Nida, All-Star. Wiggins, 23 points, 2 blocks, 2 steals, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. Will y'all respect the man? Respect the man. Ever since y'all have been dissing him, saying he's not an All-Star starter, uh, he's been going absolutely manic out here, folks. Big-time respect. Putting up, putting his money where his mouth is, proving everybody wrong. You got to absolutely love it. And then off the bench, well done to Juan Toscano Anderson. Haven't called his name in a while. 10 points off the bench in 20 minutes. We will take that. And then for the Rockets, being classic Rockets, Christian Wood, their best player, 24 points, 13 rebounds. That was it. Kevin Porter, 17 points, 11 assists, solid there. But that's all they got. That's not enough to get it done. They lose 122 to 108. And then the last game of the night, Blazers at the Thunder. And once again, let's not overreact. We still like this Blazers team. We still like... Anthony Simons at the one instead of Damian Lillard. We still give the green light to trade Damian Lillard, let him go. Uh, but they did lose last night, and they looked so awful offensively. I think they put up like two points in the entire second half. It was so abysmal to watch, folks, truly. Uh, so they lose to the Thunder 98-81, to but let's not overreact. Let's take another game, another two games here, see if they can get back, back on track before we overreact on these teams. Uh, so Anthony Simons, 8 points on 18% shooting, 2 of 12 from the 3, absolutely abysmal. CJ McCollum had a solid game, 21 points, 7 assists, we'll take it. Even Nurchich didn't really do that great, 14 points, 9 rebounds. You know, we know we can do so much better, 20 plus points a game. And then Norman Powell, 17 points, 5 rebounds, but all that was really coming in the first half. Same thing with McCollum's points, really just coming in the first half. How many points did they officially put up in the second half? What do we got here? Uh, 34 points. 34 points, folks. This is so... I mean, listen to the scoring output by quarter. 31 points in the first quarter. Well done. Everything was flowing in the first quarter. But then it was absolutely trash besides that. 16 points second quarter. 14 points third quarter. 20 points quarter number four. And just kind of as an overall baseline, you're kind of shooting for 25 points every single quarter. That's just kind of average-ish scoring. Um, you know, that's based on spread lines, what they put the over and under at. You know, 200, you know, 100 points a game, solid kind of classic ballpark of scoring, and you get that by 25 a quarter. So just well below the average all throughout the game here. It was true. Like, I had to turn it off, folks. It was so abysmal to watch. I couldn't even watch it anymore. I'm like, this is, this is not basketball. I don't know what the hell this is. All right, and then the Thunder, they get the win here. Not buying into the Thunder team. I mean, they they didn't look that impressive. It just truly looked like the Thunder, the the Blazers were that trash last night. Uh, but Lugensdor, 18 points once again on 37% shooting. Once again, I can't I, I can't gauge Dort, folks. I, I don't think he's good, but I know a lot of y'all like him. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Josh Giddy, he's been kind of up and coming here. 14 points, 12 rebounds, four assists. No. Shea Gillis Alexander last night, and they, you know, the Blazers still lose. Once again, real bad taste, but it's only one game by the Blazers, so we're not trying to overreact. And then Darius Baisley coming off the bench with a nice 15 points. But Thunder get the win 98 to 81.
Alrighty, that is all the NBA from last night. Let's see if we can make a little bit of money here tonight in the NBA, and hopefully we don't get caught off by surprise. I mean, we really thought we liked, you know, the Heat plus six. I mean, that Heat game rose from plus four when we talked about it all the way to Heat plus six once Jimmy Butler was officially out. So we thought that was better value. Um, and then we took the Grizzlies minus four, and once again, they couldn't get it done in overtime. So we thought we had great value last night, got kind of, you know, Suckered, punched by a, uh, a kind of a, a crazy night overall in the NBA. And once again, we get this. That's what makes betting the NBA a little tricky because we have these days where it's just not clicking for teams. Once again, you're playing 82 games. It's a way different mindset of betting the NBA compared to the NFL. But, you know, with, you know, no excuses out here. We're trying to get back on track. Absolutely, folks. Um, so here we go. Let's see if we can get back on track a little bit today and uh, make a little bit of money. So here we go. Tons of games on in the NBA tonight. Yeah, solid. We've got like six or seven. So some solid value to choose and pick and comb through. So here we go. First game up, we get the Pelicans at the Pistons. Pelicans on the back-to-back. -back. We're staying away from it. Then we get the Wizards at the Bucks, and Wizards plus 11, Bucks minus 11. This Bucks team has done nothing good, nothing good over the last month, folks, truly. At full strength, they're as close as full strength as you can get because they're still missing Brooke Lopez. But um, overall, this Bucks team has been super underwhelming. So Wizards getting plus 11, I think I kind of like it. Maybe the Bucks get back on track and win the game. But overall, folks, they are just, uh, we, we can't bet this Bucks team until they prove otherwise, honestly. That's kind of how we have to, you know, go along betting, you know, the Bucks or whoever the Bucks are facing. So let's see these injuries, these ins and outs. Uh, Bradley Beal is out. So that is a big out. He's a solid kind of, you know, their best player, number two, however you compare him to Kyle Kuzma. And then for the Bucs, everybody's good to go besides Brooke Lopez. He's still out, and George Hill is out as well. But this Bucks team just super underwhelming. I'm going to take the 11 here with the Wizards. I think it's just going to be a little bit too much. And once again, the Bucks had to prove themselves. They got blown out by 36 to the Nuggets in their last meeting, folks. I mean, this is nothing to bet on. So we'll take the 11 here with the Wizards, even without Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma. Can you lead a team? Now's your chance. Take advantage. All right, now we get the Heat at the Raptors. Heat on the back-to-back. -back. Definitely not taking that game, especially what we saw from them last night. Jeez. Now we get the Magic at the Bulls. Magic plus nine. Bulls minus nine. This Magic team on a two-game winning streak. Real solid. They're being competitive. Everybody is chipping in of getting great performances. Starters, bench, all that. So if we're getting nine here, folks, I think I love it. Uh, so for the Magic, Etwan Moore is a game time decision and for the Bulls we get Javante Green game time decision and everybody else is usual suspects out Lonzo Ball Derek Jones Jr. and Alex Caruso all out here so this Bulls team has been real solid here the last couple of games being a lot more competitive than I thought they would be but this Magic team folks they're turning a corner and I think we're going to get right on the ground floor of betting this team while they kind of take off over the next kind of two weeks hitting some spreads I think the betting the Magic now is where the value is at we get nine with them I'm going to take those nine points yes sir all right, next game up here, we get the Nuggets at the Timberwolves. Nuggets plus four and a half, Timberwolves minus four and a half here. 
For the Nuggets, Jokic is a game-time decision. DeMarcus Cousins is a game-time decision. And this, you know, Jokic is truly the glue that's holding this team together by, you know, strings. Um, and then for the Timberwolves, we get Patrick Beverly game-time decision and D'Angelo Russell game-time decision. So too many kind of question marks here. We'll stay away from this one. Maybe bet, bet it a little bit closer to game time when we know who's actually in or out. But we'll stay away from this one for now. Then we get the Warriors at the Spurs. Warriors on the back-to-back. -back. We're staying away from it. Then the last game, we get the Nets at the Suns. Nets plus six. Suns minus six. We get Nets on the road. So Kyrie Irving is all good to go to play. James Harden still being a game-time decision. LaMarcus Aldridge is out as well. So their bigs are truly going to be kind of, you know, lackluster. Let's see if the Suns' bigs are all finally good to go here. We get Jay Crowder still out. Frank Kaminsky still out Abdel Nader out, DeAndre Ayton out, Dario Sherrick out. So the bigs for the Suns are still going to be out here like they have been the last couple of games, but that hasn't stopped them. 10-game winning streak here. So... Nets potentially getting James Harden back. We'll see if the Suns can continue this great win streak. Minus six seems like some solid value, but we're going to stay away from it because the Nets have been pretty competitive. They were just competitive with just Kyrie Irving against the Warriors on the road, and uh, they may be able to be competitive here without the Suns having all their bigs. So uh, no bigs tonight, folks. So we get Kyrie Irving, James Harden versus Chris Paul and um, Devin Booker. That's really what you're looking at. So we'll stay away from this one. I'm liking it. Actually, I'm going to take it. Actually, I'm, I'm second-guessing this Wizards team, folks. I, I don't know if I can trust this Wizards team. We don't like the Bucks, but we also are not in a buying the Wizards phase at the current moment. We're actually kind of selling the Wizards. So we're only taking the Magic plus 9 here, and we're going to add in the Suns minus 6. We are going to take that. Suns just being so dominant here. Once again, Kyrie always in or out. It's, it's going to be about him when he's there. James Harden, is he going to go? Most likely. Uh, but overall, we're going to trust the Suns at home during this great 10-game winning streak. We've been singing their praises all day, calling them the best team in the league. We're putting our money where our mouth is tonight, folks. So we are officially taking the Magic plus 9 and the Suns minus 6 tonight in the NBA. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL. And, you know, before we start to truly get into the thick of it of the Super Bowl matchup, folks, shout out to NFL.com for putting the game film already up on there. Uh, so we would have done a film study today, but there is a little bit more pressing matter at the current moment that we have to squeeze in. And that is Tom Brady, folks, officially hanging it up and it's not Adam Schefter saying this so we don't really know folks it's coming from the goat's mouth he came out and he went bad bad this morning and we all know what bad bad means in goat language that means I am retiring I am hanging it up so, Tom Brady, folks, we're going to have a little bit of a tribute for him. Let's watch some film. Let's watch his greatest moments. Let's watch him beat all of our teams that we know and love. Let's kind of bond over Tom Brady destroying our teams every single year over and 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 over and
over 22 times. The man's been in the league for 22 years. Do you know how absurd that is, folks? 22 seasons. Big Ben can't even get to that. The man, he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to retire. He was forced to because that arm was truly coming off the bone the last two seasons. Drew Brees, he was hitting 40, and he was like, yeah, I got to tap out. So what? And then Tom Brady had his best year ever this season. It's just been absolutely crazy. So Tom Brady, folks, going to have a little bit of a tribute. We'll hear from the GOAT. We'll hear his words, his retirement words here that he posted for all of us to read and hear. There's some controversy on it, folks. I haven't read it yet, but there's some controversy. Everyone's saying, oh, we didn't mention the Patriots. So a lot of people are, you know, angry over that. We'll see if we agree what the message was like. Was he gushing over the box? What was it like? So, so we'll read his speech, all that. Um, and then we'll have a GOAT debate. Is Tom Brady the greatest of all time? Yes. Uh, is that a debate anymore, folks? I don't know. I don't I don't really see anybody kind of actively saying that he's not the greatest of all time, but we'll remind you why he is the greatest of all time. So if anybody's kind of thinking, oh no, he's not the greatest of all time, we'll tell you why you're absolutely wrong, folks. And once again, I don't like to put my foot down and be the gatekeeper of takes and thought and information and all that, but Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. And if you say otherwise, you're doing it for some nefarious purpose. Whether it's just to be a troll, whether it's just to, you know, be that guy. Do you want to be that guy? People love being that guy. I never got that. But once again, y'all do you. I've got no problem with y'all being that guy. Y'all love being the guy, so y'all be the guy. That's fine. I'm not going to be the guy. And that says Tom Brady's not the greatest of all time. Um, and it's not because he doesn't deserve it. We'll talk about that all when we get to it. And then, once again, we'll watch some, uh, we got two clips I want to watch on this man, Tom Brady's clutchest moments of the decade, and Tom Brady's best plays versus every team. So, once again, just bonding over Tom Brady, slinging it, slinging it, slinging it, slinging it, touchdown, clutch touchdown, fourth quarter, first quarter, first drive, first play, uh, right before kickoff, somehow we score some points on some teams, I don't get it, so uh, we'll watch all that, so this is officially our tribute to Tom Tom Brady, and we'll have a little message for him at the end. Um, so, all of that being said, let's hear from the GOAT himself. He's retiring. Who knew this day would come? Truly, who truly who knew this day would come? I mean, we've been talking about Tom Brady retiring going back to like 2014. When I was in high school, folks, people were like, oh, this is Tom Brady's final year. And here we are in 2020. I've graduated college. I started my own talk show. And here he is. Tom Brady's like, yeah, I'm... I'm still here playing at my best level I have ever in my entire career, which is just so mind-boggling. And then he chooses to hang it up. And this is truly ripping our hearts out that Tom Brady is no longer in the league. Once again, I mean, I truly wanted that kind of... Um, that kind of walk into uh, walk off into the sunset season, that kind of farewell tour season, letting us know right from the get go, hey, this is my last season. Going through training camp with his last season, every single week being in his last week one, his last week two, his last week three, last time facing this team, last time facing this team, officially all that where everybody knows, but he doesn't give us that. And once again, I I'm I'm a little upset. At Tom Brady and uh, you know I'm going to be a little disappointed in him because we had to suffer through Big Ben one more year we all knew this was Big Ben's farewell tour even though he didn't say anything until like week 11 we saw him last year folks I knew Big Ben was going to retire because I saw him last season week 10 
By the time week 10 last season, I knew this man's retiring. It's evident. I see it. And then he came back one more year, and everyone was like a little surprised. Like, oh, Tom, oh Big ben. that was like a big story. I never got that. Oh, Big Ben's retiring this year. Yeah, he should have retired last year. I had to endure garbage quarterback play for Big Ben. And maybe that's what Tom Brady was kind of trying to avoid. I don't want to be seen as Big Ben. I don't want to go out limping. I don't want to go out broken like Drew Brees. Truly unfortunate with Drew Brees. And I don't want to go out ugly as heck like even kind of Peyton Manning. Yes, he won a Super Bowl, but that man was looking ugly, folks. That arm was noodle. That was kind of like the OG noodle arm, uh, Peyton Manning in Denver. Um, and then the new noodle is Big Ben, and that noodle was way worse than Peyton Manning's noodle arm. So, Tom Brady, I guess we do respect him and give him credit for going out on top. Once again, statistically, his best season ever. And we're going to break down the stats, folks, so don't worry. Um, they're fantastic. And once again, just so gosh dang good. So, 22 years. 22 years of great stats. How crazy is that, folks? Um, so, all that being said, Tom Brady, let's hear from the GOAT himself. So, he takes to Instagram and he posts this picture of him pointing with a big old smile. Merc on his face in a Tampa Bay uniform. So why people are kind of upset Tom Brady posting Bucks pictures. But Tom Brady already kind of had a sign-off, a send-off to the Patriots when he left the first time. So is he, he going to kind of rehash that all? So let's get into the actual words by this man to see what this man has to say. All these words are from the goat's mouth himself, written down. You can view it. It's on his Instagram. I think he posted it on Twitter as well. So here we go. This is what Tom Brady has to say, folks. Quote, I've always believed the sport of football is an all-in proposition. If 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. There's a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential. And I have tried my very best these past 22 years. Oh my God, just reading that number is absolutely crazy. These past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, why don't you kind of take note of Tom Brady? I know it's a little bit too late for Aaron Rodgers' overall career because he's aging out of this league as well, but there it is. There are no shortcuts to success. Aaron Rodgers always, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers fans and Packers fans always mind-boggled at the end of the year. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time, but we're not in the Super Bowl. Why don't we have more than one ring? Well, I don't know 100% of what Aaron Rodgers does, but... Uh, uh, seeing what Tom Brady goes through, I'm kind of assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't put in as much work as Tom Brady. You get in what you you get in what you put in. You put out what you put in, whatever that saying is. Tom Brady's saying it right here, and this is only paragraph one, folks. So truly buckle up on what this man's got to. I mean, this man is preaching out here, folks. Listen up. Oh my goodness. Um Sorry, so here we go. Let's go to the next paragraph. Let's not try to diss Aaron Rodgers too much. We'll save that for when we get to the GOAT debate. But, you know, whatever, whatever I'm saying here, just apply whatever message Tom Brady's saying to Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, you'll probably see, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. That's why Tom Brady's been to 10 Super Bowls and Aaron Rodgers has only been to one. But let's not knock him too much. We're here to praise Tom Brady. 
All right, here we go. Paragraph number two. Uh, quote, this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career, and now it is time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention, like family. Black. Who cares about family, folks? Family's forever. You only get 22 years in the NFL, okay? Take the 22 years. 23 years, Tom. 23 years. Give us one more year, Tom, please. I'm still holding on to one more year, Thomas. Damn you. All right, here we go. Back to it. Paragraph number three, quote, I've done a lot of reflecting the past week and have asked myself difficult questions, and I am so proud of what we have achieved. My teammates, coaches, fellow competitors, <laughs> fellow competitors, Aaron Rodgers, I love what you've accomplished. Only one ring. That makes my greatest of all time argument so much better. Uh, so my teams, coaches, fellow competitors, and fans deserve 100% of me. But right now, it's best I leave the field of play to the next generation of dedicated and committed athletes. And man, oh man, yeah, Tom Brady may be right here. He just saw what Joe Burrow has done. And he's like, sheesh, am I going to be able to beat that man in a Super Bowl? I probably can, but... Man, oh man, he's probably going to be even better next season. Yeah, let me kind of go out a little bit on top. I just won a ring last season, best statistical year this year. Yeah, I kind of, and Justin Herbert, man, oh man, if Joe Burrow doesn't make the Super Bowl, maybe Justin Herbert doesn't, and still all that. So truly, we, we are in good hands. You know, Tom Brady leaving the league in truly great hands out here. So I guess I can respect Tom Brady for that. You know, he's leaving behind some greatness that he has kind of helped mold. I mean, we see the work that Tom Brady has put in. That's always out there. The man in the arena, we're hearing all the quotes. So these young kids, these young quarterbacks that are, you know, truly working their way up, currently in high school, going to college, knowing Tom Brady, they are going to know what it takes here. So Tom Brady got got to give that man you know even more credit for how he's truly influencing the the game setting the bar so gosh dang high so if you want to be the greatest of all time it's going to put in it's going to take a lot of work because the bar is set so high by Tom Brady if it was just Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers was quote you know the greatest of all time the bar would be one super bowl no kids got to put in extra time for one Super Bowl. They're like, oh, I can, I can get the one Super Bowl. Come on, I don't need to, you know, uh, go to high. Uh, uh, what is it? High. Um, what is it called? A uh, high hydrogenic, high uh, hypothermic chamber. Whatever it is, the cold. You're cold. Uh, um, I, you know, I don't need to watch my diet. I can do this. I can do the Michael Jordan of eating a steak and smoking cigars and you know playing baseball. I'll be fine. Nothing like that. Truly got to commit 22 years of trying to be the greatest of all time. All right, here we go. Next paragraph up. Uh, to my Bucks teammates, the past two years, I love you guys and have loved going to battle with you. You have dug so deep to challenge yourself, and it inspired me to wake up every day and give you my best. I am always here for you guys and want to see you continue to push yourself to be your best. I couldn't be happier with what we accomplished together. Yeah, ring. That will do it. Absolutely. Here we go. Continuing on to all the Bucks fans. Thank you. I didn't know what to expect when I 
I didn't know what to expect when I arrived here. Come on, Tom. I know you're trying to be humble and everything, but you're the greatest quarterback of all time. Every team was clamoring over you. Everybody kind of hates Tom Brady just because he was with the Patriots. You know, people don't like the Patriots. People still like Tom Brady a little bit. But once you leave and you're available, everybody wanted you. Of course you were going to get welcomed with open arms. Who cares if you were, what, 42 when you signed there? Nobody cared because they knew we would be ring eligible. And what happened? You won a ring. So, Tom Brady, yes, okay, thank you for being humble, but saying I didn't know what to expect when I arrived here, come on. Like, everybody's going to be angry about having the greatest quarterback of all time on their team. Like, come on. Like, even if you didn't win a ring, the, ch- the just the thought of us, oh, like, potentially winning a ring, having that potential of winning a ring, that would have been enough for anybody to have you on their team for one season, two seasons, however long it was, so... All right, Tom, being the humble brag. Okay, you do you, whatever. Uh, Back to the quote. Quote, I didn't know what to expect when I arrived here, but your support and embrace have enriched my life and that of my family. I have been honored to play for such a passionate and fun fan base. What a crew. To the city of Tampa and the entire Tampa, St. Petersburg region, thank you. It has been wonderful to be a resident resident of such a fun place to live and even better being drunk and hammered in the place to live as well. The boat parade, all that. Uh, I want to be invited to our next boat. I'm, I'm getting ahead of it, folks. I didn't even know this was coming up. I want to be invited to our next boat parade, and of course he would. Uh, the man's getting hammered at the thought of the next boat parade. To the Glazer family, thank you for taking a chance on me and supporting me. I know I was demanding at times, but you provided everything we needed to win, and our ownership was everything a player could ask for. To Jason Litch, thank you for your daily support and friendship. I will never forget it. I had never been through free agency, and I had some trepidation about how we could achieve success. Your leadership gave me confidence, and I will always be grateful. To my head coach, Bruce Arians, thank you for putting up with me your firm leadership and guidance were ideal firm leadership and guidance firm leadership and guidance those words right there should be exactly what you're looking for the five remaining NFL teams that are still looking for a head coach leadership and guidance just because it's Tom Brady you can still lead and guide him what coaches can do that only the great ones so don't get any great any coach that's not great make sure they've got firm leadership and guidance okay to any player regardless rookie or vet worst of all time or greatest of all time making sure it works and the leadership is coming top down please Back to this. There is no way we could have had success without your experience. There is no way we could have had success without your experience, intuition, and wisdom. Make sure you're getting the right guy at the head coaching position. I don't want to knock on Brian Flores, but Brian Flores has none of this. He doesn't have firm leadership. He's got kind of dictatorship a little bit. He's got dictator energy a little bit. Um, and I'm not doing it as the extremist... Uh, kind of um, the extremist part of, you know, uh, uh, um, dictatorship, okay, folks? So don't relax when I'm saying that word. But overall, uh, we saw Brian Flores. That was not firm leadership. That was way beyond firm leadership. 
All right, what else do we get here? Uh, to all the Bucks coaches, my sincere thanks for all the hard work, dedication, and discipline that goes into creating a winning team. I have learned so much from all of you and will value the relationships we have. To every single Bucks staffer and employee, thank you. Each of you is critically important, and I was greeted with a smile every day. That means so much to me. Your work is made up of long hours and hard tasks, but please know I see each and every one of you. Thank you so much. To Alex Guerrero, sheesh, thank you. I can never have made every Sunday without you. It's that simple. Your dedication to your craft and our friendship and brotherhood are immeasurable. We have an unbreakable bond, and I love you. To Don Yee and Steve Dubin, thank you. You have been with me every step of the way since I left the University of Michigan and before I entered the league. What a journey it's been, and I couldn't do it without you. To my parents and entire family and extended family of countless friends, I love you and thank you for your never-ending support and love. I could never have imagined the time and energy you have given me the past 30 years in football. I can never repay you and just know I love you so much. And lastly, my life, Giselle, who put this entire plan into motion so I will never forgive Giselle for taking Tom Brady away from us. How dare you, wife of Tom Brady, take Tom Brady away from us, the fans, the lovers of the sport. I curse, I curse thee, damn it. And lastly, to my life, Giselle and my children, Jack, Benny, and Vivi, and once again, I curse the, ch I curse the children as well, taking Tom Brady away from us, damn you. Uh, you are my inspiration. Our family is my greatest achievement. I always come off the field and home to the most loving and supportive wife who has done everything for our family to allow me to focus on my career. Her selfishness allowed me to reach new heights professionally, and I am beyond words what you mean to me and our friends. Te amo, amor, de mi vida. All right, Tom, getting a little crazy at the end of this. Uh, back to this one. We got uh, two more, I think. My playing career has been such a thrilling ride and far beyond my imagination and full of ups and downs. When you're in it every day, you really don't think about any kind of ending. As I sit here now, however, I think of all the great players and coaches I was privileged to play with and against. The competition was fierce and deep. Just how we like it. Truly that. He wants to smoke. He was never kind of trying to take the easy way out of it. He wanted to beat the best to be the best. And he beat the best to be the best. Absolutely. But the friendships and relationships are just a fierce are just as fierce and deep. I will remember and cherish these memories and revisit them often. I feel like the luckiest person in the world. The future is exciting. I'm fortunate to have co-founded incredible companies like uh, Autograph.io, Brady brand TB12 sports that I am excited to continue to help build and grow but exactly what my days will look like will be a work in progress as I said earlier I am going to take it day by day I know for sure I want to spend a lot of time giving to others and trying to enrich other people's lives just as so many have done for me with much love appreciation and gratitude Tom man oh man so that's the official retirement announcement for Tom Brady. I I do kind of get 
you know how Patriots fans are kind of reacting to this. He thanked every he thanked everybody, folks. The Bucks, the organization, the coaches, the fans, the staff that you know we care about. You know, you know the janitor. You know the people that you know go behind the scenes to make sure everything's good. You know, thanking them, and then he said nothing specifically about anybody else from the Patriots. So he's only been here for the Bucks two years, folks, and he truly thanked. Everybody, he thanked the entire city of Tampa Bay. No shout out to the Patriots or New England or anything like that, Belichick or anything like that. Nothing officially by name. So I do get, you know, why people would be a little upset, you know, with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Obviously, Bill Belichick doesn't need the recognition. I'm sure Bill Belichick is not crying over Tom Brady, not, you know, mentioning him by name here. But I think, you know, Bill Belichick would be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's probably what he would say. He'd be like, hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Bill Belichick's wife comes in. Hey, you, you see Tom? You know, he retired. You see the announcement? And Bill Belichick scanning through it. Thank, oh, thank you to the Bucks, the coaches, Bruce Arians. Thank you so much. St. Petersburg, thank you so much. The fans, the janitor, thank you so much. Alex Guerrero, who they had a little bit of a run-in with, you know, at the end of the Patriots, uh, his run with the Patriots. Alex Guerrero, um, you know, uh, he, he was kind of like left out of the locker room. They didn't really want him in the locker room anymore, all of that. So he thanked him by name. So Bill Belichick was probably like, mm, yeah, that's interesting. And then went back to breakfast, uh, planning how to uh, uh, still be good offensively without Josh McDaniels now. So I do get that. But once again, you know, he did thank, you know, the Patriots already. But, you know, this is the end of your career. It's not this. This sounded more like Tom Brady leaving the Bucks than Tom Brady, like truly retiring. So I do get kind of the frustration by the Patriots fan, fans and all that. Alrighty, so that is Tom Brady, folks. No longer in the NFL. Maybe he makes a comeback one more year. Maybe. We can still hope, folks. I'll still hold out hope until the man is six feet in the grave because, uh, honestly, he could probably play at 70 for how great this man is and what he's achieved already at 44. So I will always hold out hope for Tom Brady to come back and once again, bless us with what he does, and that's winning, folks. And there's nothing better than winning games. Alrighty, so now that we got the words out of his mouth out of the way, let's quickly go to, you know, why he's the greatest of all time, folks. Why he's the greatest of all time, and here it is. 22 years worth of fantastic stats. He has the 5,000-yard season before the extended uh, extra game this year. He did it in 2011, 5,235 yards. That is a huge, impressive stat, folks. The coveted 5,000-yard season in 16 games. There's only been like seven quarterbacks to do it, and Drew Brees did it like four times himself. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does not have that 5,000-yard season. Let's get that up quickly. Let me double-check that. I'm almost certain he doesn't because, once again, Aaron Rodgers throws the ball away a lot. He, he, I think his best season was like 4,600 yards, which is it's kind of low, folks. I'm not going to lie. It's low for a quarterback that is considered the greatest of all time. Aaron Rodgers, what was his best season? 4,600? 4,600, 4,643 yards, and that was in 2011. So when Tom Brady was throwing for over 5,000 yards, and was this was that the year that he went 16-0 in the regular season? 
2011? No, that was 13 and 3. Okay. 16 and 0. When was 16 and 0? 2007. All right. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, never that 5,000 yard season. Even in the new 17 game era, he still only put up 4,100. So, Aaron Rodgers, the yards are not as good as Tom Brady. And I would say overall for their course of their entire career, Aaron Rodgers had better wide receivers than Tom Brady did. Aaron Rodgers has kind of the better ball placement overall we know how great Aaron Rodgers arm is that's why he's truly kind of tossed in the greatest of all time argument it's not wins it's not clutch wins or anything like that big Super Bowl wins it's really what he does with his arm folks and that's fantastic and that's why we are going to watch kind of this highlight tape of Tom Brady being clutched for over a decade to see if he has like a big time signature throw like we know Aaron Rodgers has so Tom Brady, folks, absolutely fantastic. Has the 5,000-yard season when it truly mattered. Had 5,300 yards this season. In year 22, he led the league in passing yards. Folks, you know how incredible that is? Aaron Rodgers, has he ever led the league in passing yards? No! Aaron Rodgers has never led the league in passing yards. And y'all want to give him the greatest of all time? We can't get behind it. Tom Brady has led the league in passing yards one, two, three, four times. That's absolutely magnificent and then the completion percentage folks always flawless he's a career 64 percent completion percentage in 22 years you know how crazy that is what was his best year completion percentage wise 68 percent um he led the league that year 2007 16 and 0 season that was with randy moss folks once again you give him weapons he has his best year ever 2007 he only had two years with randy moss folks I think only two years, maybe only like a year and a half, or maybe even one year at all. But uh, 2007, Randy Moss, 16 and 0 year, lose the Super Bowl. Truly unfortunate. But 68% completion percentage, that was his best in his entire career, and it led the league that year. 4,800 yards, led the league in yards that year. 50 touchdowns, led the league in touchdowns that year. Eight interceptions. So everybody that says, you know, Aaron Rodgers, oh, he's the only one that doesn't, you know, throws, you know, uh, single digit interceptions, all that. Tom Brady, 50 touchdowns. Eight interceptions, 2007. What's up, folks? So whatever argument you use for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady has like three of that. Whatever you use. So absolutely fantastic career here by Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is definitely kind of, you know, who's in the debate. And I would also say that, you know, Joe Montana is in that debate as well. Y'all love Joe Montana. Uh, uh, you know, the man was playing in the 80s, folks, you know. And I'm not knocking old school players, but, you know, and this is, you know, how you know my belief, folks. And I don't think I'll ever waver on it. And the only way I know I will ever waver on this is, you know, in 20 years from now. So hopefully the, sh the show is still going and y'all are still watching in 20 years. And we'll revisit it. But as, you know, as time progresses, athleticism gets better. Um, we get new uh, new ways how to kind of play the game. I mean, we would not even expect Patrick Mahomes in like 1980. You know what I mean? Um, so just the, the, the play evolves, the competition evolves, the defense evolves, everything's evolving. So these players that played in the seventies and the eighties, you know, their athleticism was not up to, you know, what they are now. So they're just inherently worse. And it's not because of them. It's because of the era. And now we're getting nutrition and how to take care of your body. So you can play into 44. So once again, just the overall competition is always getting better with 
technology and just the sports growing. So, you know, these players that played in the 70s and the 80s, yes, they were good for their time period. Yes, it's always good to look back on. But overall, I can't ever put Joe Montana as the greatest of all time, folks. I mean, just look at the stats alone. And once again, they were good for that era. We see he, Joe Montana led the league in completion percentage at 64% in 1980. That led the league, 64%. 1981, 63%. Led the league, folks. 1987, 66% led the league. Tom Brady's average would have led the league every single year, folks. Do you see? Now, I will give Joe Montana credit. He threw 70% completion percentage in 1989, um, and that led the league, so we give him credit for that. But, you know, that's one year. And then we get Joe Montana throwing 59%, 62%, 56%. That was, you know, his first year. So we, you know, we'll, we'll take that with a grain of salt. His last two seasons, 60%. Tom Brady, his last season, the man threw 67%. Final year. And then another thing with Joe Montana, I mean, these yards, folks, what are you talking about? We know the pa it's now a true passing league and all that, and another reason why we can't really say anybody from the 70s and 80s, 90s now, it can't be the greatest of all time because, you know, now we're getting more passing. Uh, we get Joe Montana, the most yards he ever threw for a season was 3,900. That didn't even lead the league that year, folks. He never led the league in passing yards. How are we going to give that man the grace of all time at quarterback when you weren't even the best statistical quarterback of a season? You know what I mean? And I get it, folks. Y'all can come at me and be like, oh, it's deeper than stats. And I agree. It is deeper than stats. I agree. That's why we're going to watch highlights by Tom Brady to see if he has that, that signature throw. Or was it all just kind of signature schemes, signature system that y'all love to throw around? We're going to look at that, folks. Um, so overall, got to give it to Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. Joe Montana, the most touchdowns he ever threw in a season was 31. That led the league that year. Uh, but, I mean, look at all these other ones. 16, 13, 18, 8, uh, 26, 27, you know, mid, low 20s, 15, 19. Tom Brady, what was the least amount of touchdowns he threw in a year? We get an 18. That was his first official real starting year, 18. Always in the 30s for the most part. Has 624 touchdowns. Where Joe Montana has 273. And once again, Tom Brady playing 22 years. Joe Montana played 15. Longevity. Once again, taking care of your body. Tom Brady doing the right things and all that. I got to say, you got to give it to Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. I would probably put Drew Brees at number two at the current moment. And really, the only thing that is separating Drew Brees from being number one is the rings. you got to have more than one ring, folks. I can't take one ring as the greatest of all time. One ring is kind of average-ish. And I know not everybody gets a ring. And, you know, for the most part, one ring is not average. There's more people without rings than with the ring. But when we're going greatest of all time, folks, I feel like y'all don't put enough stake into that actual title. Greatest of all time. All time, the greatest, the best, the number one, regardless of time period, regardless of when they played, they are the greatest of all time. I can't just take one ring. Nick Foles has one ring, folks. Nick Foles has one ring, and he can't even be good in the regular season. The man literally cannot save his job for being good in the regular season. We saw that with the Bears last season. Couldn't get it going, and now he's uh, third string. 
<laughs> he, he literally had the opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the regular season, and he floundered the job to Mitch Trubisky. That's a player with one ring. Two rings is something special. Aaron Rodgers can't get two rings. Drew Brees couldn't get two rings, folks. Two rings is hard. One ring, it's, it's good. It's impressive. Obviously, one ring is always impressive, folks. But when we're going to that next step of who's the greatest of all time, I got to see more than one ring, and that truly holds back Drew Breeze. And that definitely increases Joe Montana. And the man had four rings. He went four for four in the Super Bowls. That's absolutely a great accomplishment and truly speaks to him being kind of in the conversation of greatest of all time. I definitely give that to Joe Montana. Uh, but why we can't give Drew Brees number one is because of the only one ring. The yards are there. The stats are there. Yes, sir. These are fantastic stats. Uh, multiple 5,000-yard seasons is the biggest green flag on this man's resume for why he should be the greatest of all time. Led the league in passing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Led the league in completion percentage one, two, three, four, five, six times. 74% completion percentage in back-to-back seasons, 70% completion percentage in like seven seasons, folks. It's absolutely magnificent by Drew Brees, but only getting to one Super Bowl is his biggest knock. And, you know, at the end of his career, getting a little bit hosed in the playoffs by that call, the Minneapolis miracle with Stephon Diggs, fantastic, loses the game for the Saints, and then the uh, no-call pass interference that they created a new reviewable rule rule for the following year those two seasons truly uh you know threw him off the path of potentially becoming the greatest of all time if Drew Brees won a ring in the last three years I think I go with Drew as number one but not getting there regardless of the circumstances you've got to get it done when it's your time regardless of the outside noise of what happens no whistle whistle all of that receiver drops the ball I know it's unfortunate at the end of the day but you got to get it done you must find a way Patrick Mahomes 13 seconds left in the AFC or in the divisional round of the playoffs just found a way yes he got help by the receivers but it's still Patrick Mahomes delivering the ball finding a way regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the certain situation. That does fall on the quarterback. You're the leader. You're the one distributing the ball the entire game. You must find a way to get it done. And unfortunately, Drew Brees just could not find a way to get it done. So unfortunate there so we do officially crown Tom Brady the greatest of all time and now we have to watch for these new young bloods emerging Joe Burrow potentially could be it I mean if he wins the ring this season the man's off to a great star obviously has to finish out a career and it's got to be great we're not going to be handing out greats of all time you know in year five for Joe Burrow we were close to handing out the greatest of all time to Patrick Holmes in like year seven but now since he lost you know just last week you know we you know he's taking a a little bit of a hit. Now it's going to take even more for Patrick Mahomes to overcome that. So there are some players that can overtake Tom Brady. And once again, in 20, 20 years, when maybe kind of, you know, we get something else, I don't know what kind of the future of the NFL is going to look like and what's going to be kind of, you know, what's going to be kind of the next groundbreaking, fantastic way to play the game. Like Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be kind of the next Patrick Mahomes and what's going to make him, you know, Patrick Mahomes ask what's going to kind of separate him from the rest of the the group that's yet to be seen but um you know in 20 years 30 years when we're you know once again reevaluating grace of all time we'll see 
if our stance still cha uh, still stays the same of, hey, you know, every single, you know, year after year, getting better, getting better, we're getting better talent, and we'll see if anybody can catch Tom Brady, who is currently the number one greatest quarterback of all time, folks. So that's the GOAT debate right there, folks. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Mad Tom Brady. Yes, sir. Alrighty, now let's see, let's see, Tom Brady, we know he's clutch, he's got the rings, he's got the big time plays, uh, but let's go to this YouTube video right here and watch Tom Brady, clutch moments of the decade, and we're just going to be watching for that big time throw, I don't want, I'm not talking about a, a play that's wide open, or a great job by the receivers, or a dink and dunk that went big, I want to see a kind of, you know, 25, 30 plus yard, in air throw where Tom Brady puts it so on the mother loving money that it's absolutely stupid like it looks fake like it looks like it's uh, simulated it looks like it's precision it's absolute precise to the 20,000th decimal place of where he put the ball so we're going to look for that iconic legendary uh, career defining throw and we'll see if we uh, and we want it obviously in the clutch I don't care that he did it week one 2012 uh, against the uh, Browns when they were still trash I don't care about that I want big time fourth quarter clutch season career defining throw by Tom Brady does he have any I don't know if any immediately come to my mind when I talk about Aaron Rodgers I just see all these Hail Marys and these uh, championship game throws that he was slinging them on the sideline to Devontae Adams absolutely perfect those all come to mind but when I think of Tom Brady I just think of consistency great leader and getting to the game just kind of a little bit like kind of soldier like just getting the work done it's always efficient we're not we're, this isn't to knock Tom Brady but it's just kind of like machine like it's just like yep that was fantastic that was great that's what you should have done right there does he have that big time wow 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 throw so let's see if we can find that here. We got 10 minutes of clutchness by Tom Brady. Let's see what we get here. First one up is a game against the Green Bay Packers. And it's just, a, I don't know if we can show this one. This is a tight end and it's not Rob Gronkowski. It's the, uh, it's the one that kind of got convicted of a little bit of murder. Aaron Hernandez. And once again, this is on the goal line. And this is just, it's a good throw. But, you know, it's just a, it's a simple out route to a tight end who shakes off a tackler. So it's still a good throw. It's clutch. It's in the fourth quarter. Down three points against, you know, potentially the greatest of all time, Aaron. Rodgers and he gets it done here we go against the Dallas Cowboys in the end zone is he going to Hernandez again oh my god oh my goodness I think this is censored on YouTube with Hernandez out here but you know down three points with 23 seconds left Tom Brady throws an absolute strike in the back of the end zone and that's absolutely fantastic once again this is fantastic this is great but I want something a little bit more a little bit better a bigger time throw and Aaron Rodgers uh one of Aaron Rodgers greatest throws but Tom Brady doing it 
that we get against the Dolphins here. Right on the goal line. Three minutes left. They're up three. This ices the game. Tom Brady, QB sneak. One of the most deadly QB sneaks that there is in NFL history. A little bit of an extra reason why Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. You need one yard, Tom Brady will go get you that one yard. And here we are. Oh, here we are against the Ravens. I kind of wish that they put actually, if these were playoffs or not. I don't think this is the playoffs. But uh, start of the fourth quarter, Tom Brady needs one yard. Down four against the Ravens. QB sneak. Touchdown. Taking the lead. Start of the fourth quarter. Tom Brady will get you that one yard. Clutch. Uh, does Aaron Rodgers even have one fourth and one down conversion for a first down? I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers has ever attempted a QB sneak. Um, so shout out to Tom Brady for that. All right, here we go against the Saints. And, man, oh, man, what a ball right here. Nice zip. Down four. And this is kind of what we want to see. Um, it's still a good throw. Not uh, as wowful as I want. But going to Julian Edelman right there. And we're going to get it here. 50 seconds left. Down four against the Saints. Same game that we just saw the other play from. A nice ball. Once again, it's just a little bit of a slant route. They're eating up the clock here. We're still progressing. Tom Brady, another big-time throw. Just a simple kind of out route on fourth and four is still good but once again simple out route it's open shout out to Kali there who the hell is that number 10 Kali making some big time catches up here Tom Brady spiking and clocking the ball 10 seconds left down four from the 18 yard line he's taking the shot this is kind of what I mean yes look at this ball Woof. Tom Brady and how we worked the field absolutely magnificently and we all know two minute drill Tom Brady it's one of the best in the league absolutely another huge uh, green flag on this man's resume of why he's the greatest of all time. Under two minutes, you need to score. He's your man. And look at this. Clocks the ball. 10 seconds left. Cool as a cucumber floats that ball. I mean, folks, look at that. Look at this. This is the calculation. I mean, that's kind of 20 decimal places long that he truly calculated. Just got it over the outstretched hands of the Saints defender. Back corner end zone touchdown. They're up Three points now with five seconds left. Tom Brady with an absolute dagger right there to win the game. That's the type of throw I want. I want even better than that. Does Tom Brady have anything better than that? Because that was fantastic. Here we go against the Broncos. Start of the fourth quarter. That's all Julian Edelman. That man's a Hall of Famer. Can't wait to have that discussion again. Vote that man into the uh, Hall of Fame, please, on how clutch he's been in the playoffs. All right, they're down 12 here. I don't really care about this play. Let's see if we can get anything kind of uh, playoff-esque, Super Bowl-esque here. Let's kind of skip around a little bit. What do we got here against the Chargers? A nice two-point lead. Strike over the middle of the field. Edelman breaks it all the way. Fantastic. Edelman, Hall of Famer. All right, what do we got here? Against the Ravens, down three. Look at that ball. Yes, sir. 23 yards. Holy moly. Look at that exactly right in the the pocket and man oh man to fit that ball in right before that safety can be there man man he's making some beautiful throws here this is what I want to see but I want to see more I want to see even better than this I think Aaron Rodgers throws overall are a little bit better than this overall but I want to see better we're starting to get there by Tom Brady now truly bring it home on that one spectacular fantastic throw here we go. Now we're talking Super Bowl. This is what we want to see. Down 10. Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Down 10 to the Seahawks here. Tom Brady at the five-yard line. Yeah, nice throw. Gets it over the defender. Nice little box out there. 
by Danny Amendola, and that's going to be a touchdown. Great throw, clutch throw, down double digits here in the fourth quarter, and then just a few minutes later, fast forward, two minutes left in the fourth quarter, same game, Tom Brady down three points at the three-yard line. Tom Brady, nice throw, and once again, Fantastic throw, all that. Not a great throw overall, and, you know, circumstance-wise, this is wide open. Uh, so it's still clutch, it's still great, but I want to see that wow factor, right? That was great by Tom Brady. The the fist pumped the point. We did the thing, yes, sir. And, man, oh, man, Tom Brady, cool as a cucumber. Down 10 points in the fourth quarter, no problem. Another reason why he's the GOAT. Here we go against the Jets. Uh, just rifled that ball in there. He's going to try and do this again. That's the Rob Gronkowski. Just a floater on the blitz against the Giants here. Uh, throws it deep down the field to Rob Gronkowski. Great throw right there. That's an absolute great throw. All these great throws are kind of like over the middle, though. What's that kind of post-out route breaking to the sideline? That's the throw where it's right on the boundary of the sideline and the receiver has to make a spectacular catch. That's kind of the throw I'm looking for. Back corner end zone where he has to get it like a Big Ben. I mean, like, like that's what I'm talking about. Like, Big Ben, his Super Bowl throw to um Santonio Holmes, back corner of the end zone. That may be the best throw I have ever seen in a Super Super Bowl in the biggest game that there is. Big Ben has that big signature throw. That's what I'm talking about with Tom Brady. Does he have that big signature throw that's as impressive as that? We see clutch throws. Don't get me wrong. Those are clutch great throws, and we've seen a ton of them so far. But does he have that big Ben? Wow. Oh, let me see if I can bring that up in case y'all don't know, because this is one of the best throws I have. It may be the best throw in NFL history, honestly. Big Ben. I, I let me just I, I want to see something big Ben best throw I want to see if YouTube and y'all agree with me that's all I'm typing in the search bar big Ben best throw let me see top 10 plays of his career let me go to play number one because it should be that let me see are y'all understanding how great this throw is Throw number one. Yep. See, y'all know this is the throw right here. Well done to y'all. Well done to y'all. Does Tom Brady have a throw like this? Bingo, bango. Here we go. Ben Roethlisberger down three points. 41 seconds left in the Super Bowl at the 10-yard line. Second and goal. Drops back to pass. And look at that. Oh, my God. Three defenders. There's three defenders in the corner of the end zone. And Big Ben throws it where only Santonio Holmes can get it. Oh, my God. This is beautiful. Folks, this is the best throw in NFL history I can't believe it they got another angle of this throw they got to show the back angle it makes it look even better folks and I can't believe it and this 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 is why Larry Fitzgerald doesn't have a ring it's a little upsetting but to get the throw like this I will accept Larry Fitzgerald not having a ring it's unfortunate but this throw is immaculate look oh my this angle folks oh my god Man, this is the throw I want to see by Tom Brady. This is what we're looking for, folks. That's what I want to see. It's just brilliant. And we get all these great throws by Tom Brady. I'm not knocking Tom Brady. Here we go. Against the Falcons in the Super Bowl, down 28-3. Six minutes left in the third quarter. Let's see if we get anything. I'm sure we're going to get tons of plays here. So let's see. Is there a, a great throw here by Tom Brady? This is a great run by Tom Brady on third and eight to pick up the first down. I'll give him that. That's the best play we've seen in a Super Bowl by the man. 
And there it is, just wide open. Receiver does the rest for the final two yards. Tom Brady airing it out. That's a beautiful ball right there to get him inside the red zone on third and one. Down 28-12, still in the Falcons. A comeback route that's wide open. Still a good throw, but not that big Ben-esque. Here we go in the red zone. I mean, Danny Amendola right on the goal line, wide open, able to get that separation. Down eight points, three minutes left. A good drive starter on third and ten. Here we go, airing it out, and that was almost intercepted. This got tipped up. This is all Julian Edelman right here. Once again, Julian Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame for this catch alone right here. This is not even a good throw by Tom Brady. It's a great catch, so it's a great play overall, but I'm talking about the throw, folks. Does Tom Brady have the throw open here? Not the throw that I'm looking for. A dink down right here on first and 10. That breaks big for 15. Two-point attempt right here. It's a screen pass. Well done by Tom Brady to zip that ball in. And I can't believe they trusted a screen pass with Danny Amendola for the two-point conversion there to tie up the game. 28-28 in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. That seems a little gutsy. Whoever called this play, holy cow. I give them credit for calling that. That's interesting. Well done. In overtime, Tom Brady. That's a great throw right there. Danny Amendola on the sideline, 15 yards. Tom Brady again right here. Comeback, uh, you know, stays on his feet. This is all receiver. Comeback route, it's not that impressive. Five wide here going down the middle of the field. This is a nice strike over the middle of the field on second and 13. That was pretty good. Um, what else do we get here? I think there, it's a running play to cap it off. A screen play up here. That goes for 5, 10 yards out of bounds. What else do we get? Does Tom Brady throw the game-winning touchdown? Yeah, I didn't think so. I, I, thought that, I thought it was a run. So this is what I'm saying. I don't know if Tom Brady has this signature throw in a big-time game. Big time as in, like, Super Bowl. Yes, championship games, must-win games. But just none are coming to mind, folks, and I'm not really seeing anymore. These are great throws. I'm not. This is not the point to knock throws, folks. All these are great. I'm talking about, you know, how we talk about, you know, the greatest of all time. What's the greatest throw of all time? So far, that's with like Big Ben. You know what I mean? So is that like the only black mark on Tom Brady's greatest of all time resume? He doesn't have the big throw, the best throw of all time. Just efficient. I mean, this is a throw right here. Was this in the championship? Was this AFC championship game against the Jaguars? Down three. Three minutes left. Second and goal. This is a great throw right here. Back of the end zone. High and up. Is that his best throw so far in like a championship game? That was fantastic. And how unfortunate with this Jaguars team. Never been the same. Never even been close to the same since. Here we go against the Chiefs AFC championship game. Down 33 to 30. Pump fake, stays on his feet, decides to take off and run with it. Once again, is Tom Brady's rushes in big games better than his throws overall? I don't know, folks. I think it's interesting. All right, here we go. Tied 40. 50 seconds left in overtime. Big time throw. Floater to Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski able to get behind the defense. What are you doing that you're letting Rob Gronkowski outrun you? And I know this is before he's broken 100%, but still, man, oh, man. Fantastic there by Tom Brady. It's still a great throw. I'm not knocking the throw. Nice floater. But is it as good as Big Ben's absolutely precise as hell throw? This one should have went to both players. This one just found its way. 
All right, let's finish up here against this Chiefs team again. Great throw right there on third and eight. I mean, this, this could potentially be one right here against the Chiefs. I believe this is AFC Championship game again against the Chiefs, and uh, this is this is probably his best right here. I mean, how far he had to put that out in front of the defender for a one-handed grab on third and eight, down four points, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. That could have been the throw. Not as good as Big Ben's, but that could have been his throw. Tom Brady here. Boom, another solid throw. A little behind, a little behind. Uh, third and five here. Down four, minute left. Throwing the floater. Rob Gronkowski. This is underthrown. It's just Rob Gronkowski making a great play. Once again, over the middle of the field in overtime, Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer. Get that man in there. Clutch, clutch, clutch. Third and 10 at the 45-yard line. Sling over the middle. Decently open. So... All right, and then in the Rams in the Super Bowl, what do we get here? Anything good? Dink down to Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer. Get that man in there, please. Vote that man in. Clutch, clutch, clutch. Here we go. Eight minutes left. Tie three. Three, three. Dink down. We get him going deep. Okay, this is the throw. This is his throw right here, folks. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, triple covered, and Tom Brady puts it absolutely right on the money for the five-yard line. That's Tom Brady's... Big Ben moment throw right there. That's his best throw. So, mm, mm, that's the only that's the only black mark on his greatest of all time resume. Honestly, is that he does not have a great signature throw, and that's you know why we say that Aaron Rodgers potentially is like the greatest thrower of the football of all time. But talking about greatest of all time, it's more than just throwing the football. It's the leadership. It's the winning. It's obviously making the right throws. It's being efficient. It's making sure you win the game over everything else, and that's what truly separates Tom Brady from all these other quarterbacks in the greatest of all time category, com uh, conversation and all that. It's getting it done, winning games, being the leader, being consistent, being reliable, working with any weapon that there is. Great weapon. Randy Moss, make him work. Julian Edelman, slot receiver. Danny Amendola, slot receiver. Rob Gronkowski, tight end. Murderer Aaron Hernandez. Doesn't matter. And then just all the other kind of garbage receivers that he's been playing with his entire career because he hasn't had the big name. He had Randy Moss two years so it's more than just throwing the football folks and that's what truly encapsulates encapsulates Tom Brady as the greatest of all time he takes it all everything that goes into playing football and being good and consistent he's really the greatest at all of that and you put that together and that's 10 Super Bowls with seven rings seven wins and seven rings so greatest of all time all right, we're going to end it there, folks. Maybe we'll watch this on some other time. Tom Brady's best play against every single team. We can all kind of, you know, celebrate Tom Brady a little bit together while he's actively destroying our team. We'll save that for tomorrow's show. Uh, but we got the bulk of his, you know, of his uh, enshrinement video that we wanted to get out there. So, Tom Brady, man, honestly, man, oh, man, thank you. Honestly, Tom Brady, I know you don't know me. I get it, but, man, oh, man, watching you play, truly an inspiration. Why I love the game. You set the bar so high. I love it. I've. It's been a pleasure talking about you for the last two, two years since we've been doing the show, but it's been an absolute privilege to watch you and I knew 
I know I grew up a Dolphins fan and you were beating our ass year in and year out. And, you know, when I was in high school, middle school watching you and, you know, talking football with my friends and everyone's like, oh, I hate Tom Brady. I just hate Tom Brady. I never felt that. You were actively beating us and holding us back from winning, but I always respected the hell out of you, man. Absolutely the greatest of all time. You are the embodiment of everything that I love about sports, the competition aspect, making sure that you're good to go, making sure that you are outworking everybody. Everything about you, Tom Brady, is truly uh, what I, it's, it's, if I can write, if I can put down what I love about the game, all I have to write is TB12. You are the embodiment of everything I love about the game, about competition in general. And man, oh man, 22 years is not, it's truly not enough, man. I truly wish you would hang around one more year. Give me the farewell tour. I know I'm being selfish. You don't know me. I don't care about the wife and the kids at home. I just want it for me, myself. So, man, oh, man, Tom Brady, an honor to watch you. And, uh, man, oh, man, what you've done for the game, what you've done for the sport. It's going to be everlasting, truly. Uh, time will not outlast what you have done for the game, for the sport. So, for that, got to thank you. Absolutely thank the heck out of you for everything that you've done and um, it's it's not going to be the same and I know there's great quarterbacks coming up all this all that Joe Burrow Justin Herbert Patrick Mahomes now I get it but it's not going to be the same without Big Ben it's the same without Drew Brees it's the same without Aaron Rodgers it's the same but without you TB12 Tom Brady it will never be the same and for that it sucks, but man, oh man, we can always have the memories. Yes, Tom? Yes, the memories? Alrighty, Tom. Absolutely. Tip of the cap. Big time respect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Alrighty, folks. That is going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're back live tomorrow, noon Eastern. We've got, uh, we got film to talk about. There's other quarterbacks in the league that aren't retiring, that are trying to win a Super Bowl. Get on there, Tom Brady. So, we're breaking down film studies tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll have it up wrapped up by Thursday. Uh, we're not kind of sticking to our regular schedule here. It is just kind of working out that way because Tom Brady, you know, retiring. Uh, but, you know, we're watching... Um, we're watching film on which team we should be, which team's going to win. Well, we're watching film is the main point of that to, uh, tomorrow, folks. Uh, film studies of the AFC and NFC championship game coming up tomorrow, folks. Alrighty, folks. We are out of here. Have a great one. Pay your respects to Tom Brady, please, any way you can. And uh, we will see you tomorrow, folks.